Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Bad Batch. It's the only podcast on the internet that talks about The Bad Batch by the Imperial Slate <laughs> Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Ashby, and joining me as always is my beloved co-host, Nikki. How are you doing, mate? Doing well, thank you. How about yourself? Apart from internet difficulties, as you can probably tell by the fact we're yeah. out late, um, doing all right, you know? I've been, I've been checking it up, trying to fix things and... T- Put plugs into different holes. I'm imagining that's how Echo is constantly in the ship, which is a fun question we actually had brought up this week in the show, Mm -hmm. Um, which is where does Echo go to sleep? Because we see, (laughs) we see, you know, we see see Tech just like laying about. Sounds like they just plug him in. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, I'm a charging station. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he has one of those ones where it's like you just sit it down on the like surface and it charges. Maybe he doesn't even yeah. have to plug in. <laughs> he is worth <laughs> like four thousand credits, so it's like better be next next level. That'd be awesome, yeah. Like he's like he goes, oh, I'm a real person. But also, if your phone runs out of battery, just let me hold it for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> It'll be hundred percent charged. Um Yeah, I thought obviously this week we're here to talk about some really cool stuff with the latest episode. Uh, Claire can't be with, with us this week, but don't worry, because we will have her thoughts and rating for the episode. She reached out to me with that, and it's going to be pretty cool to just sort of summarize this episode, because mm-hmm. what a fun episode to sort of kick off with. I, I will say this, to start off with, this might be the most Clone Wars-y title out of everything. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like that. Dave Filoni and George Lucas had some sort of adjectives and nouns and put it into a big bowl like a like, ripped paper. <laughs> and you take it out, it's like, okay, bounty lost. <laughs> yep. No, yeah, I, I, t- I totally get that. Um, it's uh, it, it was very, like, mid-season three <laughs> kind of Clone Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, totally. It was a great episode, though, and um, left a lot of really cool... Like, really cool questions you didn't think you'd ever have. Yeah. I think that's what's I, cool. Uh, like, I mean, it's, it's the expansion of the, the universe. So, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny, because it feels like the questions that were answered were things that we, pr- like, we sort of assumed beforehand, but to the point where we kind of didn't really think about it for a while, because we're so drawn into the story and the character development. Mm-hmm. So that when it comes around again, you're, you're kind of shocked still. You're like, oh, well, this is confirmations. So that's awesome. Yeah. Like, it raises questions, but also it, it does a great job at sort of opening up and shaking things around. I know for me, I was like worried slightly last week. And I say worried slightly in, in like, like so like 0.2% worried, mm-hmm. which is when the plot of like Omega being taken and them having to go get her back. I was like, well, that's kind of seems a little bit similar to the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And then we get her back within an episode. I'm like, okay, well this is not the same thing. And I'm, I, I like them tricking the audience like that. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, it's, it was, it was good in that regard. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, we, we spent a lot of time at the end of last episode, just sort of breaking things down, how things might shake out. And like, like for me, I was pretty, I was pretty like excited about this prospect of a like Omega thinking Hunter was dead conversation with Ooh. Crosshair, which is not going to happen now. No. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's very, uh, it's very cool to, to be, 
sort of like I, I don't know. I feel like some people like really get off on like predicting the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like like actually, it's kind of fun to to not know like where where it's going to take you. Um, so so yeah, it, I think that it was a good episode in that regard as well. So I've got plenty plenty of questions, plenty of things to still guess at. So yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's something about I feel like there's something about the the whole conjecture and idea of working out theorizing. Obviously, there's a I mean, there's a whole industry <laughs> built around yeah. guessing these things and uh, theorizing these things. And sometimes right. people, I guess, the difficulty is when you don't clarify between conjecture and like just saying something's happening mm-hmm. and saying this is the obvious. Um, and I do, yeah, I, I love it when the audience, uh, the the creators, not trick the audience, but they they're the same as us. They know what our brains are thinking. There's no way they looked at the, this this plot line of the season and didn't go, well, that's similar to this other story we're telling. Like when people go, well, they're just copying it. Like there's no way the same. <laughs> not to be like, oh yeah, we'll just do the Mandalorian in animated form. Right, not the case. And it's nice for this episode to shake things up with that. And again, it's it's a great job of the uh, interconnectivity of that whole thing because again, mm. it's it's the story of following the Bad Batch, but also when you show me a cloning tube that's green that looks scary, I'm you know you've got you've drawn me in my fairy brain. My fairy brain has yeah. to be drawn in and peaked. Yeah, very very creepy looking um, stuff with the with the Kiminoans. But yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll we'll dig into all that a bit later. Absolutely, and again, we'll do we'll delve into some of the sound effects design because we've been saying this for you know a few weeks now. But the sound effects and the sound design and the little Easter eggs here and there are just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm gonna probably annoy David Collins by this run because every week I'm just like keep texting him like hey is it the sound is it the sound I did it for this week um for those who didn't see it it was immediate like nostalgia pleasure yeah. for me which are the Kaminoan like computer systems the death sound effects that when uh, Omega's typing it's the exact same sounds for the main menu on Bounty Hunter the game <laughs> <laughs> it's like you like New game. Yep. It's the same and sound. I was like, oh. he's a he's a great person to be doing that job because because of his experience with that stuff. Yeah. Right? Like like he he started through video games, I believe, and has incorporated so much. I mean, Republic Commando is a big one with the with the visor and stuff, and yes, and the, even the blasters. You know, the DC. 17 or something is from that game. Mm. So, so yeah, it's, it's cool. Just, you know, having that like breadth of knowledge to yeah utilize the menu sounds <laughs> from, from the game you were, you worked on before. Um, so yeah, great stuff. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little combination of just, well, obviously when you design these sounds for the first time, you're making it sound realistic or like, to, you know, it's there to prove a purpose. Mm. So it's easy to reuse those for the same purpose, but, there's that added bit of nostalgia play when you reuse those sounds that I feel like, you know, it, it, for the people that grew up with it, it just hits them. Like, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not expecting everyone in the world t- to realize it's the same menu <laughs> sounds from the Bounty Hunter video game, but I did because I'm a loser. And you know what? Thank you, Disney. There we go. Well, let's dive into the episode with our uh, talking points. 
Of course, the first one we'll get into is Escape from Crosshair and Omega's Origin. Now, did you like how the episode sort of kickstarted right where we left off? Yeah, I think it, it was cool in how it felt like another sort of... Ex, like an ex, like an extension of what we were watching. Like this has now become a three parter of sorts kind yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, I thought that was great. Get into action really quickly. Um, this is another chance for the the animation and and the sound design and everything to just shine again. Where yeah, you know you got the the shuttles chasing each other and um, yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't super long, but it was just it was like okay, we're in this. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're we're starting. Where there's no there's no sort of relax and take take uh take a second to process what just happened to to with Cad Bane and and Omega. It's like yeah, we're we're still in the in the mess here. So um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a great opening, and I uh, I think it's it's very intriguing to see. Um, we didn't we obviously didn't get it here, but Crosshair's still bandaged up. So I'm curious what he's going to be like when those come off. Yes. And actually, what I actually really appreciate about the opening is that we don't have much time to spend with Crosshair because Mm. of the nature of, like, the missions and going after them. I really love the fact that even though he's injured, perhaps very, very injured, he's still, like, going full out to get them. Mm. And he's, like... Because he has only these few opportunities to try and catch his ex-brothers, and he—he's not going to let this one just go. Like just because he's got hurt, he's—he's clinging on to the very end. It's not until they jump. Yeah, it's like the—it's like the season in general where we took Mm -hmm. we took a break from like episode three to last, or like not the most recent one, but the one before that. So yeah, it kind of shows like all the stuff they've been doing like the, the elite squad has been doing in yeah. between these, these yeah, rare opportunities to grab it. So, so yeah, he, uh, he was very, very fervent in uh, completing that mission, but no luck this time, buddy. No, no luck this time. Hopefully he's going back to, I don't know, Coruscant to get that sweet. Um, we know that the uh, uh, Coruscant has that sweet uh, medical burn. Center. Oh yeah. Top dollar, top dollar place right there. Probably being renovated currently. Yeah. Due to an yep. incident. But um, yeah, I feel like he can get some nice little like scarring or something looking lovely there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, we sort of delve into Omega on the ship being captured. Like you said, kind of upset about what happened to Hunter, but we don't really delve into that too much. Uh, we do get a lot more Toto. Played by oh, yeah. Seth Green, which I thought was really cool. Great little droid. He, it's such a little fun little performance because mm-hmm. obviously Seth Green is one of those um, performers that can just play any character. We see it a lot. We see him in Rebels. But that mm-hmm. specific character, I really like the the droid lacking who doesn't get respected. Exactly. Yeah, and that's always the. Um sort of the trigger point right like this this weakness that uh the bad guys never really get <laughs> where it's yeah. like oh we can exploit the way you exploit kindness we can exploit your unkindness and um and that's how omega sort of gets out of the, her little situation because she's able to to push those buttons for uh or on toto and like literally and figuratively push buttons on him 
I also love the way the the, the, the programming works for his legs. Like the idea that you can attach it backwards, but you can just have to reprogram it to go forwards. Mm. That was a nice little. I don't know why. I just thought it was really cool. Like, oh yeah, Makes yeah. Sense. And bless his heart again, deceived by a lie, and knocked out. <laughs> Yep, it's uh, it, it's rough out there for Toto, but you know, they uh, he always recovers in the end. Yeah, like we, they even go into the fact that this is like is because the way he describes working with Bane suggests to me maybe he has like a cloud backup. I I think that's that seems appropriate. <laughs> like yeah, like there's this like data transfer going on, or like a shared, a shared thing, um, because yeah, it he definitely has a lot of personality um, in conjunction with with Cad Bane to sort yeah. of suggest that like the history is remembered, whether or not he's been blown up or not, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, or at least there is maybe like a pre backup and before explosion, and then. Or, or, like, he gets, like, a general override. Like, I, don't, mm. I don't think there's been enough time, even a year, since we saw Cad Bane. Yeah. That's all relationship to Flourish, which I like. I like the idea that there's a backup. Mm-hmm. And we get a bit more into, obviously, Omega's origin. Yeah. Which I think was fiercely sort of debated for months, wherever that is. You know, people just assuming that she was a clone of Palpatine. Because she stood like this in a photo. <laughs> <laughs> or she is the Omega Twin Alpha. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, we find out is the case in this is this week's episode, which is she is a Generation 1 clone, mm-hmm. non-genetically modified. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, was like, yes, indication. Yeah, I remember we we talked pretty early about whether or not she had the um like growth yeah thing taken out or not. Um which now is is the case. So it's like uh she's essentially just like a a girl boba, right? Like <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. It's like again this this idea of something Star Wars has done so well for for decades now of you knowing a fact about something and then find them being able to find the little corners and the little pockets where they can play in that space. So like, it's like, yeah, we, we've known Django had a clone, um, you know, unaltered, just kind of a, a dude clone who can grow up with him. Um, like we, we knew that we knew that was possible, but then now to, have this angle where the Kaminoans have done this secretly, and I, I like we. I guess we assume Django had no idea about this. Um, Although, and, could you imagine how cool that would have been if he's like, "Yeah, I have one. I have one message for you. I want one child, unaltered." And then Captain is like, "What have I told you today? It was bite one, get one free." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, again, like just this idea where you know there's just a little room to wiggle into and and build something totally new out of it. So I think it's I think it's really fun that they they did this with Omega. Yeah, and I I, I completely agree what you say about 
the storytelling device because people, I think sometimes people mistake uh, delving into more of a story as a sin of some sorts, as opposed to fully exploring the complete opportunities that that can create. Mm-hmm. It's like you, when you push anything to its limits, you want to see where it can go. If it kills it, we probably shouldn't go further, but if you can prod something and like push forward, see what comes out of that. The idea of like not only having Boba Bidus and old clone, the emotional implications for why Django would want that. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this other extra. And I, I tweeted about this actually today, which was that think about how Boba feels in that point of time. The reason why he sort of goes down that path is because he has lost his family. Mm-hmm. He doesn't consider the clones as his brothers because they're not. They're, they're, they're not his brothers. They're different. So in that moment when he loses his father and the head gets chopped off, it's, it's such an important part of him. Cause I guess I feel like, you know, he feels so lost. He um, doesn't know what to do and he falls down this path. And all this time he had a sister that could have helped him not completely alleviate those feelings, but you know, he, he wasn't alone. Yeah. That to me is a great way of pushing that thread and being like, you know, pushing that little bit of tragedy there. Yeah, and and I think I think it's obviously now like you know when you when you start pulling on these strings, I think it's it's now very obvious that the Kaminoans kept them separated, kept them yeah. hidden, and and because um, yeah, I mean they grew up for was Boba like ten or eleven or something in mm-hmm. uh, clones. Um. Yeah, I mean, as far as we know, he didn't really go many places. At least, can- not canonically, <laughs> um, <laughs> he didn't really like go around too much. Um. So, like, you can assume a good chunk of his time was spent on Camino, not running into this other girl who looks pretty much like him. <laughs> like, it's a, uh, you know, it's it's really again kind of creepy and uh in how the the Kaminoans function like as a people and and I think that's that just feeds more into like that point you're saying of like, why not like fully explore because there's actually something, you know, something that's not often given as a <laughs> praise to the prequels. There's great, um, clever dialogue around mm-hmm. the Kaminoans. Um, that whole, the whole diner scene with Dex, what he's, what he's like actually saying about them yeah, is worth exploring because they're not, they're not like, good guys um, not at all yeah no. there's there's a lot there and i think it's it's so cool just to be able to explore them more as a you know a society with motivations uh we got a bit of it in the clone wars not much in in the movies um because they're just sort of there doing their job uh but yeah we the way we've explored it in clone wars already and now you know they're going into overdrive here with like, like, who thought they had another facility, right? Like, yeah. that floats in the sky, <laughs> right? Like, that, that, like, how cool is that? Like, you know, there's, it's one of those things. Like, um, where else would they have gone? Where, like, are there other places and regions unknown, perhaps? Like, and you it know, looks like, yeah, it looks like it, they're cleaning themselves. Yeah, you know, and like in a weird way because they didn't look like right. 
They looked, <laughs> they looked like um, the dude from Crystal Skull. Do you know what? That was a thing people have been saying. I was like, that's what I kind of love about this as well. It's like, you're right. We we saw we saw a bit more of the Kaminoans and the Clone Wars, but only to the extent of the conspiracy in mm-hmm. terms of all the 66. We never really got a bit of a backstory about who they are as a people. Yeah. And then we get this like little sliver and we're like, well, we did see a crystal skull in the Clone Wars. There is this, we do, they do look like a bit like them in the, like, maybe it's the same ones, you know, they travel through different dimensions. Yeah. Um, of course, that, I know that, that'd be a screen run article in about two weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I really like the way we delve into the history. All you have to say, or like visually show, is the outdated, rusted facility. And yeah. even that is like, okay, well, something, something's going on. Either find the scenes, shadiness. And, and they've been at it a while. Yes. Yeah. And I like the way that they use some of those elements against us. Like the fact that people got so angry about um, Torn Wee dying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do we really care? Like, yeah. really? It's because we... Like, what did you want from her? <laughs> like, like, do you want Ton a Star Wars story? Like, <laughs> it's like, come on. It's, it's got to have some utility. We associate her with those fun little, like, meme moments, but also, mm-hmm. like, with the moments from our childhood. This is just a, a character that we sort of... We see, I guess, positivity from. But also, the whole point is that they're, they're all lying. <laughs> Yeah, that sequence is like they're all lying. They only know. They know yeah. what Boba Fett, uh, Jango Fett's doing. They know who the, he is today. Exactly, and like the the Tanwi move was also. Um, it reminded me very, very much of another big swing that Lucasfilm storytelling took with the War of the Bounty Hunters, <laughs> when like <laughs> within pages, offed for Lam and Zuckus, like yeah. I was like, "Damn, okay, we're we're doing this." And this, this, this. Sorry, spoilers for the comic if you haven't read it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's like these are these are kind of big swings where it's like, okay, they just straight up off to a named character we've we've known since two thousand two. Um, it, it's it's fun and it it feels it feels bold in a way that's like not actually bold, right? Like. Yeah, like it, doesn't, it doesn't like change that much about how we <laughs> process things, but like it is still big. It still feels big because like, oh wow, okay, they took they were, they took her out. They took them out. Uh, I think it's a fun combination between one, like you said, it's it's a character that we've sort of known, and also that I think that's the beauty of Star Wars that people attach themselves to the, the strangest and the varied characters in Star Wars, whether that's um, a background character who says nothing or mm-hmm. Boba. <laughs> is your father here? Like, I love how we like connect to those sort of characters and stuff. And like, yeah, mm. I guess like for me, her getting killed is less of a, I can't believe they killed off Torn Wee. And more of a, wow, this really adds more drama and weight to the, to the confrontation that will surely come between Lama Sue and Nala Say. Mm. Yeah. One of their all... one of their big people are dead. No. Yeah. No. And that's an and that's another great storytelling beat twist I never saw coming, which was that we were all kind of like, yeah, of course it's the Kaminoans who put the bounty out. 
I don't think anyone was like, oh yeah, they, they put two bounties out <laughs> for separate reasons. Yeah, competing competing interests within within the um, the camp in a, in a way that's really starting to heat up. Um, because before, like as far as we knew, like Lamasu and and Nalase were were on the same team. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, we have our plan here with our our new. Is it like the, are they like teasing like a, a new soup soldier kind of template or something? Um, yeah, it feels like they. So the clone, the Django DNA that have is degradation degraded beyond replication. So they can't yeah. take the DNA anymore. So I guess because Omega is the clearest. Yeah, like it, the perfect she's clone. a full on perfect yeah. clone. Yeah, she's the one to get that from because I don't yeah. know what Bubba is. I guess. Right. So like, yeah. As far as we knew, that was their sort of unified motivation. And now, and now, Nalase is like, is again like later when Fennec's like, I don't have her. He's like, that's fine, <laughs> like, right? Like yeah. he's like, just as long as Lamasu doesn't have her. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that was that was really just cool. Um, you know, just a way to just add more twists and turns, add more tensions, more more alleyways to explore. Um, like it, it could have been very straightforward but it but it's not so i think that's yeah. really cool and, um, and I, another thing with like the tanwe death it's like like we talked before the the why fennec like this is just yeah. another little you know turn of the screw because now she's killed someone we recognize and it's like it's these these little twists to like add to her legend and you know make her this this character who when when din jaren sees her puck he's like nah i'm good <laughs> right i'm gonna peace out yeah he's like that's fine that's fennec i'm i'm not having that like you think it has it on a bio like a wiki page <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep all the camino and she's killed because <laughs> i thought fuck of that um speaking of fennec we have the ultimate battle I think I don't know if we ever really saw coming. I feel like this is the characters that we expected to appear in the show at some point, but I never think mm-hmm. this, this combination of characters we thought would see attacking. Only with uh, my toys. <laughs> I will start off with one question. We were debating the whole idea of having Boba come back for that mini arc. And there was something in the artwork from last week that was revealed. And we see it physically this week, mm-hmm. which is that guy's got a nice little metal head. He's got, he got something on there, yeah. <laughs> what it is exactly, we don't know, but it definitely suggests a few things. Maybe. Do you think that the like um, right now, as of the twenty seventh of June, twenty twenty one, do you think Boba and Cad fought? Like that's already just been understood to have happened. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, but I mean, the fuck knows? <laughs> I, I feel like, for me, it's like, why put it there? If not. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, yeah, technically, I guess someone else could have could have been happening in prison. Someone could have took a swing at him and <laughs> hit his noggin. Um, but it's like, yeah, I think, I think they are sort of trying to imply that it's happened. Um, which is fun, which also means we still might get it, you know, mm. in some way. We might still get it. Um, so, yeah, I think, 
it's it's definitely a big swing in terms of you know what what the fate of that little story arc is going to be. Yeah, which it makes it more exciting. I feel like because it can appear anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the fight between them. I thought it was a really really good way of first of all the the movements for Fennec feels very much like Ming Na Wen's movements from the Mandalorian, which I really appreciated. Mm. And the fact that Cad seems to underestimate uh, Fennec at the beginning because she's new on the block and they sort of reiterate that for people in case, you know, because the timeline can be forget, uh, people can forget about the timeline sometimes. I thought it was really cool to see them fight. I like the, you know, it's good storytelling when you, you forget for a moment that Cad has the boots Oh yeah, the little rocket like, yeah. like, oh no, oh, okay, yeah, we we remember that, okay, yeah, calm down. Yeah, that was it. Was all like super cool, and you know the use of different tools and gadgets and and all sorts. Um, I think Fennec had that like, I don't know what their like actual word is, but like those two ball things that like tie around, like oh, oh yes, what like that's cool. how she like got him, uh, like Catwoman I, has. Yeah, like I, I can't, <laughs> I can't remember the name of those things. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just cool, just yeah, seeing these like different styles, and um, I think Cad Bane sort of like expecting to have the the Western standoff again, and Fennec's like, "Nah, we're not gonna do that." Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, this this sort of uh, back and forth, and um, and then yeah, and, and that allows Omega to to run, <laughs> which was great i thought i thought she was again really funny um again just the way they animate her she there's so much like character in just the way she moves yeah and like the way she goes up the ladder and and or down the ladder with the little handcuffs like she's like just trying to like get down the thing um and so yeah i mean they, again it was another just great it sort of felt a bit like the um corellia episode where like just the yeah. stage, the staging of everything was very good, and um, like you know you got sort of Omega versus Toto, Bo- uh, Fennec versus Cad, like you know just all these different sort of pieces, and then you're you know we were waiting for the batch to show up as well because they they know where she is now. Yeah, Echo versus GPS. Right. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that, but I think to say first, visually, this episode was, was such a treat to watch. It, this is the one where I think it really did. And I keep saying it, every episode looks great. This one really blew me away. This mm. was pure, we said last week, matte painting. This felt very much like a map. This felt so much like watching Escape from Bespin for the first time, or like when the Falcon flies through Cloud City in the special edition. Uh, visuals, the clouds that you know, see in the sky, I know that's a generic comparison, but I feel like the way it was shot and the, the, sort of the nature of the colors in the sky, I thought was really well done. It was nice. Uh, and the assets, that info, like the, I think the escape pods are similar to the one that Fives went into. Yeah. In, um, mm-hmm. The Cameo episode. So I thought it was really cool to blend both styles, the art styles and stuff. Uh, and again, we were talking about the storytelling. Chad makes a good point here about how it consistently will follow the show, the formula of Rebels, building of a family. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the storytelling is a really great way of having those story elements from Rebels 
but with the visual flourish of the Clone Wars. And even other like, bits. This isn't just the Clone Wars. It's a nice moving forward. And I know, we, I know we keep talking about that point, but I just thought it was pretty cool to see this yeah. episode. Yeah, I think I think you're right. This is another big step because, again, we sort of know like with with like special effects and and sort of animation and stuff like the the darkness is easier, right? Like, yeah. You hide things. You can hide things in darkness, but when it's when it's bright, when it's daylight, um, that's where things really sort of show you what they are. And and this was you know. A well lit episode, right? Uh, you know, just in the in this in the clouds of the of the day, and um, yeah, I think I think it was yeah, just another great uh, you know example of what this this team does and and how they're going to be you know pushing the visual sort of limits consistently. And I can't remember if was it the last episode where they said this was like full pandemic production. Or was it this one? Yeah, yeah, I think it was last week. They mentioned it again this week, where yeah. the writing was done from home. Yeah, which is I can't even begin to understand that. It's so well done, so yeah. well done. Yeah, I think Joel Aaron was talking about. He's like, this is like the proudest work we've ever done because <laughs> because it's like the things we didn't think we could do as far as you know being where we were, not having our our normal offices and, you know, just, yeah, doing it from home. And yeah, it's super, it's super cool. And I think even just recently, uh, some of the press we know one's been doing, um, she talked about how she recorded all her lines for the show at home. Yeah. It's, and you wouldn't be able to tell. No, they do that all the time. I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Pull no, one out cool. with Adam Adam Driver. Yeah. Who is poor comments in twenty nineteen. I think I think um, Kelly Marie Tran talked similarly about Ryan the Last Dragon. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I recorded that whole thing in a in a in an apartment with blankets on the wall. Um so yeah, it's kinda cool how they are able to um you know, the productions were able to adapt in that way. And you know, if you watch a Pixar movie that's come out recently, it, I always think it's kinda nice how at the end they'll be like, made by you know, made by us in our homes around the Bay Area or something like. Yeah, like it's just kind of like a nice acknowledgement of the fact that, like, yeah, this wasn't made in like in normal times. This was, you know, this was the timestamp. Yeah, it's like this was somehow put together by our our love of making it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's a really a nice touch to talk about that. And I think as well, like obviously, this is a big budget production and everything, but. I always laugh at the, the sort of well, that's lame. Well, that's not the same effort as anything else. I'm like, for me, the the best properties are the ones that utilize what they have and push it further than more so having loads of money and just pushing it out. Like, I mean, I was going to bring up Doctor Who as an example. Like, think about how many because people always joke about the whole tin foil and um. No, eggshells and quarries and everything. But that show's still on that. <laughs> and it's, it's known around the world. But even Star Wars, I mean, think about all the f- stuff that they pushed that, that budget out of. Um, whether that's the costuming, uh, ILM, literally creating the effects industry as we know it from the ground up, just for yeah. this film. That's what you see with these with, with talent and creativity. It's pushing yeah. it to its limits. 
And like that's like the the whole point of good filmmaking is not how well you adhered to the schedule. Like yes. the point of what sets a good filmmaker apart is getting reacting to calls you didn't think you'd have to make and how many of those you do right versus wrong. Like that's yeah. that's what it's about. Um so so yeah, I mean I think I think again it's just it's just a great credit to the the people who make this show and and you know and things like this where really weird circumstances brought it together but watching it you would not even be able to tell you would it's the best star wars animation that's ever looked yep. um also before we wrap up this point i want to talk about the fact that i remember being a child and watching bosch uh-huh. and the jedi put the hand out the switch of the thermal detonator and you see in the free Pio's inflection of his voice, it's a thermal detonator. <laughs> Everyone going fucking crazy. Yeah. The weight of that sequence, the way the camera focuses on the thermal detonator, mm. you feel the weight of how dangerous this weapon is. And then you fast forward and you see uh, Felix Shand like karate kick it and out of the air. <laughs> the fuck? This is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's how badass she is. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I just really love that shot. I was like, oh. You know what? I love Star Wars. Yep. I um, I wonder if we'll see her again in this ep- in this show. Mm. Because I feel, like we ha- I feel like we have to. Because like because Nala say sort of gave mission to back off. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I I think does Fennec say like you know you know how to reach me if you need something or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely possible. But I wonder I wonder in what circumstance she she would be needed to come back. Some, some exciting stuff there. I was also interested about the fact that they obviously confirmed that Bobo's Alpha, Project mm-hmm. Alpha, and that they don't see... Is it that they can't reach him? Or is it that they don't want to reach him because he was, you know... He's like, fuck this, I'll shoot you in the head, <laughs> leave me alone. I bet it's both, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> because, both. like, you know, like, like, who the hell knows where he is? I guess they, they could track ask people to track him. Um, but also, yeah, maybe he's, I mean, Omega's their precious little helper, right? Um, as opposed to the kid who grew up with the <laughs> bounty hunter, you know, maybe, you know, he's not the one likely to, um, to help them or in any way. So, yeah, I think, I think it, it could be a combination of both for sure. I have another thing I want to ask you as well, which is about Boba is, um, do you? And it's actually, it's kind of about Omega because obviously there's the whole theorizing about Omega, like what her skill set is. Because um, I was like, oh yeah, she's got specific, she's force sensitive. I think mm. pretty much this episode confirms that this, you know, her, her quote, her quote, her specific difference is that she is the genetic duplicate. So. Do you think that it's less that she's like just empathetic, but also the fact that Django had those had those elements? Because they kind of mentioned in Attack of the Clones that there are bits of Django that they, you know, clipped out of there. Like they made the clones more obedient. Um, of course, there's the aging, but there's also the the ingenuity, the the guile, the, the cleverness, the putting things together that Django had that the others don't necessarily have, but Boba does. And I mean, I think you can also add to, to some weird, maybe degree, 
there's a there's a heart to him. Like yes, why there else is. would there why else seven. would he want a son? Yeah. Right? Like he he um was a very successful bounty hunter, he could have just done whatever, but he wanted he wanted a son to to raise, to show the world, to you know, to to have a companion. So it's like yeah, I wonder I think Legend Legends did more with like I guess we see cut, but like I mean you see Sue, you of course you're going to fall in love. But um but like I think Legends did more with like this idea of clones like falling in love and like wanting companionship, like personal relationship things in a way that I don't think this show's done much of outside of, you know, friends through combat, loyalty to brothers, stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if you want to add a few pieces together, it's like, maybe, maybe that is a Django trait, this, this sort of like empathy and sort of openness to, I think obviously Omega, we shouldn't, shouldn't make any like <laughs> mistake. I think Omega is much nicer than Django Fett probably, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think, yeah, maybe that is, you know, a piece of him, uh, this, this sort of humanity thing that is still within her um her sort of dna and and i think even in clone wars we see these moments with boba you know when when plo koon sort of gets through to him it's like boba's not incapable of that um no yeah and i don't think he i don't know if he really because you're right about jenga like obviously he's very he's got the reputation he has for a reason but there's also this backstory and there's also this nature versus nurture like he's clearly intelligent he's clearly very very skilled and maybe he does deep down have that's what i love about these characters that's what they do have a heart and another thing filled in by the mandalorian we know he's a foundling he's a foundling yeah and this you know we we sort of know the the spirit in which they're raised now where it's like this idea of um, like a companionship, a, you know, a, a creed to each other kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- these are all like, again, just cool, cool, like ways to color in on these, these lines and just define these people even more. And also uh, really quickly, oh, just, yeah. just in case people are confused, my laptop is dying. So I am, I am moving. You're not freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> so I will go to my charger. Do you know what would be badass? What's that? If in the Book of Boba Fett, because we were expecting, like, maybe what if Omega shows up, right? Mm-hmm. What if Omega shows up, but she's wearing a Mandalorian armor, and it's the same color scheme as Jango? Well, now you got me crying in the club. <laughs> <laughs> because... If that happened, just the notion of Omega is enough. Yeah. But yeah, if there was any, again, like even just in the Mandalorian, when Jango Fett was referenced, Mm -hmm. it it, like, that was, that was a really cool moment. Um, So then, yeah, any other sort of visual cue that acknowledges what, what he might've meant to people, what he could mean. Um, yeah, that'd be really cool. Because, yeah, there's an emotional attachment in the writing. There's a difference between saying, and you see it in fan films, no offense to fan film creators, but there's a difference between being like, yeah, Jago Fett, like, he's badass. 
And there's a difference between that and when Boba appears in The Mandalorian. He's like, my father was Jango Fett. He was a foundling. And he says the he says the lines not because it's mean culture and because it's like oh, I know that line about you know a difficult way in the galaxy. It's because it's ingrained in him mm-hmm. that emotional working class sort of you know it's ingrained in Boba Fett. He's he's doing these things because of his father. Yeah, um, as opposed to it just being like a shout out to stuff. So yeah, I'm really intrigued to see where they go with um to go with that. And I really do hope we see Boba at some point in this in this show. Mm-hmm. And if they do explore a bit more of that heritage, and it'd be nice to see if the clone, the Bad Batch, get to explore a bit of that, because like we said, they they're kind of Jang, they're not Django. That's what's kind of different. it's interesting to talk about this on Twitter this week because people are like, well, why don't don't all the uh, the clones count as Boba's brothers? No, <laughs> because they're not the same. They don't even count as their own brothers. <laughs> like, no, <to> the clones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, this is this is the whole their whole existence is based on being different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, genetically and also you know from their own point of view, but there are those, those elements that they're definitely more. I won't say docile, but they're more militant mm-hmm. than Django is. They're all the less willing to go off their own end. That's why I don't really see that many clones do bounty hunting on their own end before the war because right. They've got a regime to live. And again, it's yeah. nature versus nurture, but also DNA <laughs> manipulation as well. So yeah, I was really interested to see that. I like, I like delving into these theories. I also think it's hilarious how we all started the show off with it's the dad batch. Mm. Now, it's kind of like it's the auntie batch. Because <laughs> technically, Omega's the oldest one there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Din and Grogu, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and I, but I think again, that's again, like, the, not. I don't mean this in a way where it's like it's derivative. Like, I think it's it's similar because this is the heart of Star Wars, yeah. and it's like, and it's like who, it's this idea of who is really teaching or who is really taking care of who, mm-hmm. and I think it's like, I think that's why that moment in the Mandalorian is so, is so like important. Because when when they leave each other, like that was that was like a, a like a dual, like that was a, a street goes two ways or whatever the fucking phrase is. Yeah. <laughs> like the because it was um, it was uh, it wasn't Din giving him up. It was it was Grogu being like, "I'm gonna go. Are you gonna be okay?" Yeah. <laughs> right. Like like it's um, it you know they. They don't. They don't just like. It isn't just one party helping the other, and and I think that's what's so important. Like, what in what ways does Omega make them better? You know, and mm. in what ways has she improved their lives and helped them think about new things? Um, so yeah, I think, I think yeah, the the dad badge thing is of, of course a funny way to reference it, but it's like it's it's very much not just five men and a baby, right? Like it's yeah. it's uh, or four men. Sorry, Crosshair. Um, <laughs> um, okay. <but> yeah. <laughs> He's taking care of his own kids and uh, those conscripted guys. <laughs> He's um, these scrappy adopted kids. Yeah, with the with the lion treatment of murdering the young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, I think yeah, it's, it's definitely it's key to to how this universe works and and just just good good stories i mean it's like the the point 
um, was it Chad in the chat talking about rebels, right? Like it's, yeah. it's about building a family because they, that's the, that's the ethos of star Wars, right? Like mm-hmm. every single story is about, is about making that family and, and, and fighting for each other. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're blood related or not, or if there's this con- uh, con- connection somehow, it, that's not necessarily the key point. Like Luke and Leia aren't the way they are because they're, they were born from the same mum. Mm. <laughs> like that because they're good people that, despite the differences at the time, came together to fight for the greater good. Yeah, and that's what I love about these characters as well. Like, there is a decision and a choice there to be made, and they're doing it. They're pushing forward. Uh, let's dive into this one quickly because there's not really much to talk about, but you know it's there. Camino and secrets. Mm. What up with that lab? <laughs> It, they're wilding out here. It, this is it felt very um like on uh why am I forgetting Navarro with the, the tubes, right? Mm. Where where it's like there there's not much there and also so much there. Yes, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like it. there's there's not much to say, but like you wanna say everything because there's it's yeah, it's like what what was that? And what could it be? And what could it mean? Like that, I think this was a really cool, like, little, uh, like, mysterious box to just sort of throw on us. Yeah, it's the perfect show not tell. It's mm. the classic horror idea of. Oh, it's, it's Vader. It's Vader's head. Mm. <laughs> uh, for one of a better word, show you a little bit. Show you a little bit of the leg. Yeah, it's like a Victorian. <laughs> <laughs> very, very saucy. Showing you a bit of heel, and you're going, okay, oh, I'm going to have to make, make do with that. It's, you know, it's it's a really clever way of basically intriguing the audience, pushing them. Yeah. I know now whenever I see a green tube with, with mysterious contents, something, something weird's going on. We also need to give a shout out to Fennec for, for taking that thing like a champ. <laughs> When yeah, it, when it opened and flopped on her, <laughs> because I know if that was me, <laughs> I'd be probably just screaming in place for a good minute. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, what... getting up and uh, and continuing with the bounty. <laughs> like, what do you think happened with that body? Like, is it awake? Is it dead? Is it a clone? Is it like what the fuck? Yeah, I suspect they're all dead. Yeah, um, that might be a good idea. But it's, that's the other thing. It's like, how long has it been there? And, and what is it? Like, what's the point of it? Is what like are these are these weird things that Kaminoans are trying to make like super Kaminoans? <laughs> like, my yeah, my theory was because obviously I feel like there's like that's the best thing about Palpatine's plan is that there's always like, all these people have their own sort of ideas and plans and they're pushing mm. forward. Like, what if the camp? Like, how long has Lama Su been the prime minister? Yeah. Like, is this like a thing he does? Like, where he keeps going on and on and on because he has his bodies? Yeah, we don't know. And then probably like, this shit, I like it. Give me some of that. Adaptable, if nothing else. Palpatine's green juice. <laughs> Palpatine's whole vibe. It's like, yeah, I might, might be able to stick a few other guys in, in some green juice in a few mm. years. So, so yeah, no, it's it's really cool. And I think it's, it's one of those things also where I think people are... I think I think Mandalorian had more 
sort of uh, like footing to do this, but I think people see this also and kind of want to jump to the Snoke stuff. Um, <laughs> PLT? Yeah. I think for me, I'm still at the stage of, let's see. <laughs> like, <laughs> for this one, I think, yeah, I think Mando is definitely way more like pushing that that button. Well, the music's in Mando, right? Yeah. And um and this this to me is just still intriguing. I don't I I don't know about linking it just yet. Um but I think it's certainly certainly a big deal. I wonder if it's like a little throwback as well. Isn't the tubes in Dark Empire green in the comment? Oh, I don't remember. I'll have a look. Yeah. I might have a Google <laughs> glance we Google check while we do it. Um yeah, I really like that. I like delving again. They don't have to tell us. That's what that's what's great about it. It's putting mm. these pieces together. Um, yeah, I think the final point is where to next. <laughs> I thought what was interesting is they released a new trailer recently, and we do see snippets. It's the mid-season trailer. We do see snippets. I know that we think we're going to Araxis maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, there's, there's not really much else to that we can predict. Yeah, I don't think there's. They've they've done a really good job at playing this one close, because um, mm. even you think about mid season trailers in the past for other shows, they showed some yeah. shit. They didn't yeah. with whatever they released with this one. Yeah, they showed us the the Walker shots on Raxus, but that's stuff from other trailers mostly. Um, like remember, we, yeah, the, all, we kind of knew that. Stuff. We were like, mm. "Wow, that's awesome! I can't wait to see that." All in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting. I wonder what takes them to Raxus. Um, and and because we know there's sort of like a big action set piece there because they're like in a walker, <laughs> yes. based on uh based on trailer stuff. So so yeah, I wonder what takes them there. Um, I assume, you know, they now they have Cad, potentially Fennec, still on them, Crosshair still on them. Um, I thought one thing, <laughs> where I was like, oh, I hope that's true, but I kind of doubt it is. Where where Hunter's like. I promise you will never have to go to Camino ever again. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> she's going to Camino again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fuck it, it's so nice, yeah. it's like I didn't want that to be a false promise, but um, I kind of wonder if it is going to head that way. I feel like it, something sort of needs to happen with with the with her and the and L- Nalase Lamasu stuff like that. So I, w- I wonder if that actually will happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, as for, yeah, as far as what comes next, who the hell knows, honestly. Hey, Anthony. Howdy. Um, yeah, I think what would be great is maybe like if the, in the build up to the finale, if there's like a, a, a push forward, you know, like when um, Rebels call to action aired and then it was like nice little cliffhanger where they arrest Kanan. Mm. And then it's like, now where do we go from here? Like, how do we get Kanan back? It's like two episodes long. It'd be good if there was like a push for this, where maybe they're like, okay, we can save Crosshair, but it's going to be risky, and we have to do it by going to Camino. Yeah, and that's yep. the risk they have to take. Actually, yeah. and maybe they have to vote for it. Hmm. I'd I'd love if that happened, and it was like because they not not even because they want him back, but like they need him back for something. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know why. Like without. It like just this sounds like shallow, but it's like you know 
oh, we, we need a, someone who can hit a specific shot or something. There's like, mm. there's only one guy who can do that. It's like, and <laughs> he hates us right now. But yeah, I, I'd love if that was, was part of the motivation, you know, just it, they, cause I think, you know, they, they, to go to Camino, they have to be like forced into that situation probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- I think that could be really interesting. Um, I'm really excited to see Raxus. You know. Yeah. I'm really excited it, to see it was more always of the, a cool um, planet. More of just the cl- like the empire, the clones yeah. and like the ATT like you were saying. Yeah. And they they've done a, such a good job at building these urban environments, right? Like the Ord yeah. Mantel, Pantora, and I remember Raxus from the Clone Wars having a very kind of cool unique feel in that regard as well. So it'd be really interesting to see how they build that planet out and and what they're up to because yeah the the why go to the the separatist like core planet it's like mm. maybe maybe um our good friend kalani that's <laughs> some, some stuff going on that'd be cool i'd love to see that <laughs> oh or he's on an axis right isn't he oh yeah he is yeah or is it an axis i don't remember yeah no it is an axis yeah okay. it's an axis when he, he goes this is some shit. He gets the code to shut down the army. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite Rebels plot. It's the idea that he's so smart. He's like, why the fuck would I yeah. shut my army down? <laughs> this is obviously a, a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me laugh as well, because they're probably all these other planets. The battle is like, well, here we go. Yeah. Peace out. Um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing where they go here from here. I do think that... The, the set piece, the finale will be Camino based. I feel like they're going to go to Camino and there will be some sort of gl- big repercussion. If that's like, maybe like very dramatic, like the sinking of the self to poker city sort of level. Yeah. Of... Yeah. Cause I think there's, there's going to be a big, the clone program is no longer able to continue sort of deal. And I, I'm still, this is my crazy theory. The same way rebels ended with, Vader coming down the stairway. We'll see the Imperial Stormtroopers for the first time. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Again, like we said, with the Clone Wars Season 7, they don't just make these assets for no reason. Yes, mm-hmm. of course, the ending is very specific and important, but... They're in the computer now! <laughs> they're in the computer! <laughs> use, use them! <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think that's, that's going to be a big reveal for... Um... For the for the bad badge, I think I think they got to make that transition official. Um, and yeah, uh, I, another reason with or go ahead, read the the comment. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Chad says I keep wondering if they are going to somehow pull Legends back in slowly. Hire Heir to the Empire, Star Killer, turn Raxus into a junk pile. Raxus would be a fun one. Like, what? Maybe that's why they go to Raxus. Like, oh, oh no, our bin's full. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's just full of all those great like popcorn boxes. What a depressing thought, though. The Empire mm. wanted to crush the Separatists so bad. <laughs> they took their home planet and just turned it into trash. Man, that's brutal. That's brutality, baby. Isn't um, that... Isn't that exa- oh, no, not really. I was saying, isn't that the plot to John English? First prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... Yeah, I think yeah, when you I was just thinking when you were talking about uh the sinking of Topoka City. Mm. Um I mean you again, who are the players here? It's 
Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And you know what he feels about loose ends, right? Like, yeah. it's like, oh, that program's done. Kill it. Um, so, yeah, oh, it makes you wonder. Do you know what? There's an ongoing gag, or an ongoing gag, but there's something that's said in Rogue One that, to me, I think is so hilarious and scarily on point that I feel like it could be an ongoing gag in the Star Wars universe. And I feel mm. like it should be. And I would love it if Darth Vader appears in the series and was like, there was a mining disaster on Camino. Yeah. Yep. Like, There's no mines on Camino. He's like, oh, I don't, know. I don't have to tell you. A fishing disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got a really big so. one and it pulled it all down. Um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Do you think, do you honestly think Vader will be in the show? That's what I've been debating. Um, Mm, I think it depends on the context. If it's like Vader and Rebels, well, if Vader and Rebels makes more sense because of the nature of Kanan and Ezra being Jedi. Mm. May Rex seems like he doesn't know Vader. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be major clone base. Maybe the, I don't know. It depends. I think maybe if they inter- infiltrate a facility, we might see Vader once. That might be cool. Or like if they get to Coruscant. Apart from that, I'm not sure. I feel like they've made that model, though. So that's why I'm still leaning towards it. If they're going to do more animation projects, while I would like to see more styles, I feel like that's a nice basis to go on. I'd like them to see... I'd even be down if they made like, movies, or, like set after episode three with those models. That might be really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. If they were to do stuff, though, like with Vader, what Chad says here about Starkiller... I have always thought that he is probably the easiest character to reintroduce into, into canon mm. as the idea of him being just a, another inquisitor. Uh, inquisitor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That could, you know, there's some, there's some room to play there. Um, yeah. I think, I think the point about, again, like the asset existing just feels too. Yeah. Like the forbidden fruit, right? Like where it's right there. <laughs> It's right there, and like you, oh, we could use that. Um, but I, I also think like I sort of, I sort of joked about this before, but I do say it like seriously as well. Like Rampart got a Black Series figure. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah, you better, you better bring some shit. <laughs> you know, like I'm still waiting for Rise of Skywalker Poe, Rise of Skywalker Finn, but Rampart. <laughs> Rampart got a black series. So yeah, I'm kind of hoping they don't need to lean on or use um, a big bad yet, at least. Um, and I, no, I, hope, yeah. I hope I hope this guy has some, some real business to him for the end. I'll say this then. I'll, I will say we will see Vader, we will see Vader mm-hmm. in the Bad Batch at some point. Not this series. Because I feel like Rampart will successfully, or depending on how you view it, r- introduce the concept of the Stormtrooper program for good. That Elite Squad is the is the starting point, and that by the end of this series, he'll say the clones aren't working; they have to destroy them, or whatever. Or maybe the facility gets flooded, whatever. They remove the clones to get the Stormtroopers in. That guy's getting choked. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know how. Yeah, he's getting choked out. He is very, um, like, classically, like, Ozzel-style arrogant. Yes. So, yeah. Prime, maybe, what if it's Vader's first Imperial choke kill? <laughs> that felt good. I yeah, I'll do, do that more often. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I, that'd be that'd be kind of fun to watch. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt Turban says, "Does anyone else think that Snoke looks like a cross between Palpatine and Kaminoan? Kinda. Got that height. Yeah. Maybe yeah. again. I I'm, I'm I still think that whatever fundamentally creates Snoke or whatever that is, or what you know, it's not." the pure, simple process of the Kaminoans like plucking a pube and <laughs> growing another person. Mm. I think it's um, a mixture of different cultures and like, op- Sith, like you know, Sith magic, Sith magic, alchemy. I think it's a mixture of different stuff to me. Cause yeah. And like, like, and again, like we can't ignore the, that the cloners with the Kaminoan patches are, are operating with the empire. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely, they're part, they're part of the mix. Um, in whatever way that means, but, but yeah, I think, um, I think, it, yeah, it's just super interesting. I think that's the thing. I'm, I'm still very intrigued. <laughs> it's, it's still no Ooh. thoughts head empty on, uh, on a lot of that cloning stuff. I'm, I'm just still, still very unsure of what it all meant. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing for now. Oh yeah. I, I like, love that I space. <laughs> There is a story to get into. Like maybe Charles saw or someone might get into it. Yeah, but yeah. At this point, I feel like it's nice to you know, just absorb it, get it up for us. And then, even then, like not everything has to have an answer. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, like I always bring this up, like we're both big history fans. It's, it's been weird to say history fans, um, but we're not. <laughs> it's good, con- good content. Good content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big big fan of the. the- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Have you read Gettysburg yet? <laughs> uh, no, I, re- I think we're, we're both big history buffs. And, it, you know, there's a lot of people... I think people don't understand or don't really delve into the fact that a lot of history is conjecture. A lot of history is working off a little, if not any <laughs> factual information sometimes. Mm. And a lot of history is still unknown. It's the same with yeah. Star Wars. It's, yeah, it's the same, the same with any story building where you are taking the word of people, right? And mm-hmm. so much of so much of history is, well, this guy said this, and that's kind of our only record of it. So yeah. until we have any other way to like <laughs> corroborate it, like that's kind of it. Like that's sort of the like story of like Herodotus, where it's like where he'd be like, and the Persians had two million people in the army. <laughs> and it's like, well, I guess we're sort of operating off that because there's no way to know. But then, like, you know, as, like, time progresses, you know, you get a little more accurate and, and how things worked. And and I think that's, that's like, the fun of of living in a, um, you know, in a, in a fictional world where characters are so defined in terms of their point of view and their motivation and all that stuff and and the things they say aren't gospel and right like i mean the, the great the great one is is twin sons obi-wan mm. i mean like i mean like yeah this this guy's the chosen one and it's like is that right like and people are like oh my <laughs> god but that changed the i thought anakin's the chosen. I'm like what if obi-wan's wrong yeah right like there's there's a lot of and I don't mean this to be in a pompous way, but there's a lack of critical thinking when it comes to everything. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lack of critical thinking in life. Um, like we see it with we've seen it with Loki recently, where people looked at the TVA and were arguing like 
no, this is what this, and it's like because you're listening. You're listening to someone who cl- like they claim to win the multiversal war. Well, yeah, the victor mm. claims that. It's the same way that if you were like people, people like oh yeah, I, I guess tutors were really nice people because you read Shakespeare. It's like, oh, do you really think Shakespeare would have written the Henry the Seventh for the cunt when her? When when his granddaughter is the current monarch, probably not. I, I mean, how many crossbows were aimed on that guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I mean, come on. It's like, and that's like an you know that's another great piece of of history where it's like, what is the answer with the the whole you know Henry Tudor succession? Where it's like, we don't we don't really know how those two kids died. <laughs> Like, it's like, and, and you're just taking people's word for it. Yeah. And, and like, there's, there likely will never be an answer, you know, to, to like all these different things. So it, it's fun always to see, um, stories in a, in a big sprawling universe reflect that reality of life where like, you think, you know, things, you kind of just have to roll with what's presented to you. Um, but you know, when they when they start conflicting, that's that's where it gets interesting and not not well. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, yes, it's... Um, yeah. <laughs> so and again, like the victor win, the victor who wins is the one who tells the story, right? Yeah. So it's you have to go into these stories. People will say certain things. People have different ideas. Some things will be that were told to them, or they believe are not true. That's how myths work. That's why some people still think that King Arthur happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the way we view things and the way we can just have a bit more critical thinking. When you listen to a story like this, like, you know, the Empire, the Kaminoans, think about who's telling you that, the information, mm-hmm. and why they're telling it, and what they expect to come from that. And then you might get a clearer answer. Just, you know, don't just listen to everything and absorb it all. That's the point about these stories is what makes it so special. It's what Ahsoka says. There's always a bit of truth to legends because, you know, not maybe not all these stories that have been told for the, the vein of Star Wars happened exactly as they were. And that's yeah. what makes it special. Exactly. Well, why don't we wrap up and give our overall thoughts and scores? Uh, Claire couldn't be with us this week, sadly, but I do have a little note from her with her little uh, information and score. Claire says, I gotta give this one 9.75 out of 10 Lulas. I've been waiting to see Cad in action again, and this episode gave us that and outdid my expectations. The fight choreography was amazing. We firmly established established how Fennec is the next up and coming thing in the Bounty Hammer biz. There were so many surprises, and the scenes between Toto and Omega were hilarious. The show just keeps getting better every week. Where's that 10, Claire? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> we, have to, we have to keep pushing for it. When Claire, I get it Claire's the inverse of me, where I'm like, I will only give tens, and she's like, I will never give tens. So, <laughs> so there we go. Um, yeah, nine point seven five Lula, almost a full Lula there, but not quite. Still missing a little year. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. For me, again, this this shows this shows hitting what it needs to hit, and I can't fault them for that. So that's a, that's a big old ten out of ten Lulas for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's you know, 
it's exciting. It's fun. The characters continue to be great. They continue to to mine new territory. I keep, like, I can't wait to watch. It's like, I, yeah, like like any other thing. When it's when it's that good, you can't wait for the next episode. And you know, I'm I'm certainly in that spot here. I'm I'm just trying to you know get through to uh to the next one and see see where they all go because this this new boba um alleyway is you know i think very exciting very exciting for the prospects of of him coming in to the show i mean just imagine a conversation between boba and omega <laughs> like it's it's very it's very um enticing to think about so uh yeah, it was. Uh, it's just. It's just super cool. I'm so excited for what this is doing. I'm really quite uh, just thrilled with with how this whole show has come together. So, yeah. If you know what, we we have rules in our show, but Turbo has no rules, and I I agree with Turbo's eleven. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. This whole thing. It just slaps. So yeah. I'm. I'm super happy to. To be watching it, I'm so glad it's here. It's making this summer a real blast. So, thanks, Bad Batch. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, this might be one of your favorite um, Star Wars to come out with this new era. I feel like. Oh yeah, I think already <laughs> it's probably like my second favorite animated show. Nice. I, th- I think Rebels is very hard to to dislodge. That yeah. that'll, that'll have to be some extreme shit to dislodge <laughs> Rebels. But yeah, no, I think this this definitely. And I was. You know, personal biases. I've always been very pro batch um, since I got since I saw them for the first time. So it's but but independent of that, I just think I think they're hitting some just real good stuff. Yeah, for me, I hope this doesn't seem like a disingenuous. Uh, after what you've said, like so much heartfelt. I don't mean this disingenuously. That I'm not going to tell you why I like this episode. Because it's so much easier to say why I didn't like it. There we go. And that's that I have nothing. Like, I I thought really hard about this. And I know people are like, oh, you have no critical skills. Like, I have a degree. (laughs) Trust me. I've got critical skills. I have nothing bad to say about this episode. Not a single thing. There's nothing I can be like, well, you know, 10 out of 10. This is just a really, really, really beautiful episode. Visually, it was a stunning. And I'm going back to what I said, but I don't give a shit. Um, visually, it was stunning. Uh, again, the the character development between these characters has been really beautiful to see. That We didn't even really talk about it, that moment between... We did kind of touch talk, talk about it, but the, the moment where Hunter talks to America and is like, we'll never let them get you. Like, mm-hmm. we're here for you sort of thing. It's so beautiful. I love that. There's the fear now, the fear element of like these characters are coming after you. We don't know we're necessarily a Fennec out there. There's just so much to delve in there, and so much to build upon, yeah. and so much expansion of this whole world and time period that I can't give it anything less than a ten. It's just really, really good. Yeah, I really love the show as well. I feel like it's, it, it, I don't know. It's just really. <laughs> It's, it's hard to just say really good, but it is. It's, it's a, There's nothing wrong with saying that. Right? <laughs> Sometimes something's just good, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like let's just let's watch it. It's good. Let's keep going. Um, yeah, I I think it's it's just really exciting. I think for 
in a lot of ways, this feels like the first. I mean, obviously, it says Dave Filoni's name on it, mm-hmm. but this is sort of the first what is animation where he's not calling every little shot, right? Yeah. And and it's not he's it's not his trust tree is is dictating where the the path is, and I think it, that's really promising for the future of of animation. And and it's not to say like this isn't a don't count Filoni thing, like obviously he's created this environment for this to flourish. Like all of this is in place because of his successes. Um, but I think it's very, it bodes very well for the idea that um, like Lucasfilm animation is in such a good place that they can bring in pretty much a whole new sort of creative, um, like at least like story wise team, I guess Matt McNavitz is sort of an old head, but um you know, for the most part, it's it's people helming something for the first time. Um, so, or at least for first time in Star Wars land. So, I think yeah, it, it bodes well for the future of these shows, and uh, and you know what can be accomplished um, without like one guy running the whole thing. Yeah, and I feel like that, that's like a general overview of Lucasfilm and what they're doing. It's funny when people shout on both sides, like, get rid of Kathleen Kennedy, or I love Kathleen Kennedy, or I shout get rid of Dave Filoni, I love Dave Filoni. When actually, I feel like, if anything, Lucasfilm has been setting up in the recent years a very significant, uh, and I think they've been doing it for a while now, but very significant sort of Jedi Order structure of Masters of Padawans, but also we see in the Jedi Order that people just in general, whether you're a Padawan or a Master or, you know, Jedi Knight, you teach people new stuff just by interaction. and But there's also a training thing going on. I feel like mm-hmm. The Mandalorian was a great way to get these new, not necessarily all new directors, but some, some of them are new, some of them uh, are just different to Star Wars. Give them that show and then prove what they can do. And then it, you can then push them elsewhere. Like, you know, Deborah Chow. Mm-hmm. Now she's doing Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, um, and Robert Rodriguez with Book of Boba. Yeah, and, and like, and who does he know who he's going to bring in? You know, it's like, and it just, you know, all these little things will start branching out, and and you know that creates a really exciting pool of talent. And that that not only does it create a pool of talent, but it adds that trust as a filmmaker and storyteller to the point where they will go, look, well, we know what you can do with this story under the guise of you know John Favreau. Mm. We give you the permission to push forward in your own direction, see what you can do with that. And I think it's the same with animation, where Dave Filoni, you know, the people that work on this show, ironically, the people that always complain or, like, don't give it credit, Resistance. Mm-hmm. Resistance was a good show where not many people watched it, but they were able to push the boundaries on some elements and storytelling beats and character, real good character storytelling, that they had that opportunity, even though it, it was closed short for them. Yeah. Now they've got this bigger platform, if you will, to be able to push forward on their own terms. And guess what? <laughs> Majority good results. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Brad Rao worked on um, Forces of Destiny even. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, that, like they've, you know, they've been around and they, they've, uh, you know, they're, they're getting this opportunity now to, to really go for it in a, in a big way. So that's, that's really cool. And also, I didn't know this until I like looked it up a few days ago. But Fen Rao is named after Brad Rao. <laughs> it's like oh, wow. it's like a direct reference to him. 
So oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, must like him. <laughs> <laughs> they have to do like a another Mandalorian episode with a, like a distant cousin or something. Yo, Fenrir and the Bad Batch, baby. Let's make it happen. Oh, if you know, if you're Brad Rao, how do you not put him in? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, come on, Brad. I believe in you. You can do that, baby. And then people are like, we're just putting Mandalorians in this again. Who gives a shit? <laughs> give me Bo-Katan, give me animated Moff Gideon. Yeah. It's almost like clones are like inherently linked to Mandalorians anyway. With Why this, would you like, say that? I don't know. It's it's just this weird like unspoken thing that connects them. I don't know. I just think you're pushing it too far. Like, why why get involved with bounty hunters? Like, there's nothing to do with the clones with anything to do with bounty hunters. There's no point in getting involved in that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Well, Maybe next that, time. Maybe, maybe <laughs> next time, indeed. I think that's all we have time for this week. But before we, you know, finish up, let's wrap up with all our stuff. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ImpSenatePod. And on Instagram at Imperial Set Pod. Don't forget to support the show by buying our merchandise or becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Imperial Set Podcast, uh, where you get to have all great shows such as Nikki. Yeah, Sacred Jedi Bricks um, is a Lego, uh, I guess, Lego show commentary. <laughs> um, <laughs> Reed and I actually just finished recordings for uh, the rest of season one of Freemakers. So those episodes will be going into the Patreon or Patreon feed. And then, yeah, got some cool plans for, for, you know, the rest of the stuff, maybe some other shows for Patreon. Um, I know I got some ideas in the works, so hopefully, uh, you know, you come check that out, check out some cool shows, check out some fun stuff and you can help support the show. (laughs) Also, I really loved your thread today about um, the villains. Who's the worst villain in cinematic history? Oh, yeah. Man, Nari slaps. It's a good character. Yeah. Those you're like, oh, generic bad Jedi. I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's a Lego show for kids. Um, good stuff. Also, I really hope they make this off, off the comment. Uh, that Naboo Museum. Oh, man. that I want that to be canon. That was the funniest stuff. Like that was one ever. of my episodes. Yeah. <laughs> With the general, or I don't know what degree he'd been demoted then. The, the, the Durpin guy. He <laughs> <Get> promoted. <laughs> the best, he's the best joke. He's uh, like, I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. Durpin is, is an all-time great. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, great stuff. Freaking Makers rock, and if you want to come listen to some people, watch along with them. That's great. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and don't forget, on the, our merch is all available on tpublic.com. Um, Claire, you can find Claire. She's not here with us today, but you can find her on Twitter at, on, at C-Strips, right? Yes. C-strips. And on Instagram at C-Strips as well. There you uh, go. And she will be back with us next time, I think. Uh, Nikki, where can people find you? Yeah, um, let's continue the little thing here. At Nikwishas on Twitter. Um, and then you can also listen to another show I do, which is a uh, film franchise watch along, watch party commentary vibe. Um, we're called the One and Done Film Club. You can find that at one, the letter N, done show. Um, we, I think, drop our season finale tonight. So 
jump in on that. It's very cool. It's a little something from a uh, series of films you may know called <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we finished the season with a bang with um with the Star Wars prequel. So if you want to check out which one we watched, uh, go check our feed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you, you like that stuff, um, and uh, come hang out. Perfect. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at okay, this probably at C M W A S H B Y. You can follow me on Instagram at Charlie M W Ashby. I have a Patreon and a Kofi, which I've been recently setting up again. I'll have more information for this week because I'm going to be releasing that out for the world. Um, but the shows that were on Patreon, I'm now releasing free currently so if you want to listen and catch up on the shows such as the Charlie Ashby show where I interview people like Claire and Nikki um, if you want to listen to Batman Returns the show I do with our good friend Auden Diaz from Octo Radio that's also available the complete first series is out on my podcast feed if you search for the Charlie Ashby network all the shows that I do um, are listed under that one podcast feed so all you need is the one RSS feed you subscribe to it and you get all the different shows yeah, you get to hear me and Alden do Michael Caine impressions. You get to hear me talk <laughs> to two hours of it. <laughs> it's genuinely, technically more because there's like three films. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I do hope you are a member of the Fire Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, check us out there, and um, we'd, we've got some other stuff coming up soon, which we're pretty excited about. Uh, and yeah, if you are listening to this on the audio feed. We have put all the episodes for this up on our audio feed uh, as of this week. So I do apologize for the lack of main shows. It's just that it's easier to do this while the Bad Batch is on. And yep. then we'll be back with our regular um, bitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to stri- strike this iron while it's hot. And, uh, exactly. And then, yeah, regular service will resume in a few weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not that long left, I don't think, really. A month or yeah. two. How many? 16, it's like seven episodes left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Oh, baby. Months. Right. That's all we've got time for this week. If you've got any questions about this episode or anything else, feel free to email us, tweet us. Probably tweet might be better. But if you don't have Twitter, email us. Or join our Discord. Everything, all the information you can find in our description below. Anything you want to find us, Facebook, you know, Tinder. Just find us on the description below. Not <laughs> don't forget to uh, don't forget to like that video too. Oh yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe. <laughs> yeah, like like that video. Leave a comment on the uh, the YouTube video as well if you have a a question or want to yell at us about something. Um, so yeah, yeah, cool also, stuff. If you if you want to dislike it, I mean, you can. Technically, you're just improving the algorithm. So if anything, if you want to spite us, don't even do anything. Yeah. So True. you know, but. Yeah, that's all we've got time for. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Bad Batch. This is The Bad Batches. See ya. Bye, everyone.